0: You good and faithful folks on this holiday Labor Day weekend, you could have been anywhere, right? You could have been on vacations or at a lake cabin, but here you are at church, and we even have people joining us online. Maybe they're at a lake cabin, and they could have been scooting around on a jet ski, but instead they're at online worship. So, well done, good and faithful people of God. As a reward for being here a part of the service today, you get to hear me in the sermon, Talk About Shame. (laughs) Just what you wanted on a holiday weekend, right? How about that for a reward? This morning, I want to talk about shame. What a fun, fun, joy-filled topic. But I want to talk about shame because I think it plays into our lives quite a bit. And I think it plays into this story of the prodigal son quite a bit and can be a helpful way to look at uh, our own lives in this Bible story. And so uh, I want to think about shame a little bit. And uh, last week, if you were here, or you listened online, uh, you can go back and listen if you missed it. But I talked about this sociologist named Brene Brown. Uh, Brene Brown is a sociologist who has spent her career studying shame. Uh, She always jokes that uh, as a shame researcher, if she ever just wants to get out of a conversation, she tells someone she's just meeting what she does for a living, and uh, they say, Oh, yeah, okay, move along. Um, Because shame isn't something we like to talk about. And here's how she defines shame She says, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging of believing that something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. So think of shame like that. I'll say it one more time. She says, I define shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging, of believing that something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of of connection that's a good good holiday weekend topic here to think about shame this lack of connection or feeling like we're not worthy of love or connection Uh, i had an example or a story that's just a little story from my own life this week Uh, it happened on wednesday morning at our house when uh, annie got up and she came down our stairs and looked at me and said have you taken the recycling out yet And instead of uh, answering with a calm, uh, poised, reasoned answer, when she said, have you taken the recycling out? I said, no, I haven't taken the recycling out. Why, just, I'll get to it. Interesting. That's not my normal kind of state of mind. What was going on with that? Well, what was going on, I think, is fair to point towards a little bit of shame, not to blame the shame and to justify uh, kind of going off the handle a little bit and blowing up about a funny simple little question but it does kind of point a little bit to what was going on because what was going on was that night before that Tuesday night our little baby Ben had not slept well. He had been up a lot and so I had been up with him, Annie had been up with him, she had been up with him more, and so when the other boys got up in the morning, I got up with them so she could sleep a little bit longer. And so I went downstairs and was with them, and ultimately Ben got up, and so I I was just kind of tending to him. I'll back up a little further, and here's another little dynamic in our family in our life, and that is that Annie tends to do a little more of the housework and to be a little better about seeing those needs and making them get done. Can anyone relate to that? I'm sure it's just us who that is a little out of whack and out of balance. And uh, we both work, and so I, I mean, we're, I'm very aware that like I need to do more of my fair share and we have conversations about this, and I'm always trying to be better but I don't always do great. And so that's always in my mind as well. And the other thing that happened that Tuesday night was there were a whole bunch of dishes by the sink that I looked at and thought, ah, that can wait till tomorrow. Ah, I'll just go to bed. And so I did. And so that morning when I woke up tired because the baby was up, I came downstairs and realized, oh man, I got to do all these dishes. And so I started trying to do the dishes and then the baby woke up and so he was up as i'm trying to get the dishes done he's uh kind of hanging on me wanting me to pick him up and i'm trying to do the dishes that i should have done the night before i'm feeling bad knowing that i'm not really pulling my weight all the time and so then annie comes down and simply asks have you taken the recycling out no, I haven't taken the recycling. out. I'm trying to do the dishes, and I got the baby, and he's tired, and I'm tired. And so I had a not great reaction to this. Is, anyone, is this making sense? Has anyone ever experienced this? Because, you know, it was really at its core an issue of shame the way Brene Brown talks about it because I was all too painfully aware of the fact that I'm kind of inadequate when it comes to housework. I'm not pulling my fair share. I start to realize that I'm not probably worthy in that way. And so when she asked that simple question, have you taken out the recycling? I heard, why have you not done the dishes earlier? Why have you not just done your dental work? Take the recycling out, you lazy bum. That's all me. That's not her saying it. That's my own sense of insecurity, my sense of unworthiness that comes from this shame stuff. This is what I'm talking about. And when we think about shame as this idea that we get in our minds that we are unworthy of love and connection, it makes us kind of lash out in some kind of nasty ways. And it makes us see the world from a certain point of view that's not terribly helpful. In the story of the prodigal son, I think there is a fair share of shame, and I think that's why Jesus tells this story. Jesus tells this story to make sure that we all understand that we are worthy of love and connection. That's it. Just as we are, as you are, you are worthy of love and connection, of God's love and forgiveness, that gift of grace, but also of love and connection from the other people in your lives. You may not always get that love and connection the way you deserve, but you are worthy of that love and connection from other people, that love and connection that does always come as this gift of grace from God. And so Jesus tells the story of the prodigal and his brother to help us understand that we are worthy. Uh, I'm going to just walk us through the story a little bit again because it is such a good story and has so much just rich detail. Uh, It starts like this, Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of the property that will belong to me. And so he divided his property between them. And a few days later, the son, younger son, gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. What's going on with that younger son? It is odd, to say the least, that he would demand his inheritance early. And so what's going on there? If we think about that definition of shame as a sense of unworthiness, we can only imagine that that younger son had to have felt some sense of unworthiness. He must not have felt like he was a part of the family in the same way as the older brother. So much so that he was willing to leave behind all those connections and friendships and families, all that he had known, because he didn't feel connected there there was a level of shame that he was trying to run away from and so he grabs all those things and he takes off and it says he heads to a distant country where uh he uh where he squandered his property on desolate living no details given but sounds interesting uh when he had spent everything though a severe famine took place through that country and he began to be in need And so he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. And it turns out this job that he got must not have been very good because he didn't even have enough money to buy food so much so that the food that he's feeding the pigs is looking really good to him. So he gets desperate enough that he is going to wrap himself in this blanket of shame and inadequacy that he has felt his whole life that's been only amplified by the fact that he's taken, spent, and wasted his whole inheritance. And he's going to go back to his father and explain how uh, he knows he's screwed up. So since he can't be a son to his father anymore, can he at least be a servant? And he rehearses this whole speech. He says, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go there. I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. And so he sets off and he goes to find his father. His father, who should feel pretty uh, upset with this son, his father, who has been shamed pretty deeply because when this ungrateful son has asked for his inheritance early, it's basically like he's saying, I wish you were dead. He's saying, dad, I want to live and exist in this world as though you don't even exist. So pay up, give me that money now. That's what he said to the father. And so what is the father's reaction when he comes? It should be anger, you know, frustration, you know, a little bit of shame and embarrassment for the fact that he trusted this son and even listened to this crazy request to give him his inheritance early. But instead, he sets off to go and see his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him coming. With compassion, he ran and he put his arms around him and he kissed him. Then the son said to him, this speech that he had rehearsed the whole way there, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father interrupts him and says to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one. Put it on and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill that so that we can eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. They throw a party. The father, who uh, certainly had to have been full of some kind of shame and embarrassment for this, all that the son had put him through, lets his gratitude for the fact that the son is alive melt that shame away. Gratitude stops shame in its tracks and turns it into joy. When we can be grateful, it starts to make that shame fade away. If this was the end of the story, it would actually still be a pretty good story. A story of reconciliation, a story of uh, the Father's unending grace for us, of the ungrateful younger son's worthiness, even though he has acted pretty unworthy. Uh, But the interesting part is the story goes on. Jesus doesn't just stop the story there. Instead, he continues by telling what the older son's reaction is. He says, now the elder son was in the field and he came and approached the house. He heard the music and the dancing. So he called to someone and asked, what is going on? And he replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and he refused to go in. So his father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years, I have been working like a slave for you and I've never disobeyed your command and yet you have never even given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, remember that line, He says, when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him? And then the father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours, do you see that difference? This son of yours, no, 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 <laughs> this brother of yours has come to life. He was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. That's the beauty of this worthiness, of this grace from the father. The older brother He has his own issues of shame to deal with, I think, in this story. And his biggest issue of all is the fact that he thinks that he is worthy. But the problem is he thinks that his worthiness is based on how good he is. He thinks his worthiness is based on the fact that he's always the one showing up and doing the hard work. That's what makes him worthy in the father's eyes. And so when this younger brother, who has not proven himself to be worthy, is shown to be worthy... He doesn't know what to do with it. His whole formula of life has been thrown up in the air because it turns out that the father's love isn't something that is earned, but it's something that's just freely given. He don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> he doesn't like it and so he responds with jealousy and anger he hates this brother and then he probably even feels guilty for feeling that way there is so much shame going on in the life of this older brother that he doesn't even know how to respond or how to process it and here's one last thing Brene Brown says about shame when we are operating in shame she says, when we are in a place of shame with a lack of vulnerability. So what that means is when we are in a place of shame and not willing to kind of linger in that feeling of discomfort that comes along with it to think about why am I yelling about being asked about the recycling. When we are in a place of shame with a lack of vulnerability, we make everything more certain, more black and white with, mo- with no flexibility. And so we see that in the older brother who says, my younger brother is an idiot. He is foolish, just like my father. I am smart. He is not. Uh, Have you ever experienced this in yourself or someone else? They get so set in their ways and so confident. I think a lot of times that is based in shame, a sense of insecurity, a sense of unworthiness that comes out in these kind of twisted and distorted ways where all of a sudden uh, we forget that this world is a complex place. This older brother is ready to just write off his father and his son because he is so in the right. When in reality, this is a pretty complex world. Yeah, his brother is maybe irresponsible, but it's still his brother. His brother has maybe kind of acted like a selfish jerk, But look in the mirror, older brother. Pretty selfish reaction to this brother coming home. All of us get caught up in shame like this older brother and can come out of that shame with judgment and certainty towards others. And then we're missing out on that too. Jesus's message through this story is so true. He wants us to know that you are worthy of love. Older brothers, younger brothers, you are worthy of love. Worthy of God's love and forgiveness unquestionably comes as a gift of grace, and it is for you. And you are worthy of love and acceptance from other people as well. And that's a little harder uh, thing to get. We don't always get that from the people in our lives, the love and the worthiness that we are deserved. And yet it's the kind of love that we are meant to show them as well, even when it's not coming back. You are worthy of God's love. That's the takeaway here. Shame be gone, (laughs) because you are worthy of love and acceptance. Thanks be to God. Amen. Don't take pain, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.